Good morning. We are so happy to see you here this morning. And if you're online, thank you for joining us. Good morning to you as well. If you've come to church in the past week and a half, you have noticed that we are now keeping the doors of the church locked. This safety measure we have put in place in hopes of continuing to be a warm and welcoming environment while keeping people as safe as possible. Other enhancements to our building, um, to the building intended to create a safe environment will be installed throughout the summer. We appreciate your support as these changes occur. The Friday morning men's Bible study is looking for others to join them throughout this summer and fall. They meet Friday mornings from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., and they do six to four-week studies, so it's an easy time to come in and come out as you are able. So if you would like to join them, please just show up on a Friday morning at 7. It is a very special Sunday that we have today. We get to celebrate the time that Pastor Ruth has been with us, as well as take a look back and ahead with our annual meeting. To talk more about the annual meeting, I'd like to invite Susan Jones, our moderator. Thank you, Rachel, and good morning, everyone. It's great to see so many people out for our lovely Sunday service and for our celebration of Ruth and, of course, our annual meeting. This is the third and final notice of annual meeting. It will take place directly after the service, and I hope that you can all stay because we're going to be celebrating our interim pastors as well as the accomplishments of all of you over the past year. Thank you. On this Pentecost Sunday, all the music has to do with the spirit and the various uh, forms that we, that we experience as a dove, as fire, as wind. And so look for those images throughout today's music. Today's also a time of transitions and changes and saying hellos and goodbyes. And earlier today, um, we celebrated one of our altos, Excel, who has been here for many years as one of our section leaders and is moving back to France with her family this summer. So we're very sorry to see her leave and extremely grateful for her and her spirit and her, her joyousness and her beautiful voice. Also today um, is the choir's last Sunday for the season. I am so grateful that we were able, after COVID, uh, the, uh, when we when we didn't have our full choir, we started in the fall, and we were able to get through a full season without having to cancel and shut down and postpone. I mean, we were here with ups and downs, but we were able to have a full season. So I'm very grateful for that, and we'll miss the choir um, now until the fall. Uh, but while the choir is here, we wanted to uh, do a small gesture to thank our interim pastors. A year ago in June, um, Patty, our social chair, organized us and put together a memory book for Jonathan at the end of his uh, year as an interim. 
And today, um, we would like to uh, do the same for Ruth and for Steve and to just say how blessed we all have been to serve together with the two of you. It's been a wonderful interim period, and um, we're just so grateful for all you've done. And uh, Ruth's last Sunday is today, and Steve stays with us for a few more weeks, but we wanted to do this while we were all here in the sanctuary with you. So thank you both for your for your service. Let us pray. O great mystery, O great love, O great Lord, set our hearts aflame, fill us with your Spirit, and let us bring your Spirit to the world. This we ask in the name of all that is holy. Amen. Come. Let us worship.
God, our Creator, come among us today as you did those people long ago. Startle us with your living and powerful presence. Ignite us with the fire of your Spirit and bind us together in mission. May we who are a diverse gathering of different backgrounds and interests be united in you. You challenge and call us to this broken and divided world. Point us to the pain of the cross and remind us of the joy of resurrection. Enable us to breathe deeply, to inhale the Holy Spirit of life. Could it be that this would be the day that you would change us forever. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen.
I'd like to invite all the other children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message. Good morning. It is so fun to see all of you this morning. Who is out of school already? Raise your hand. Who still has a few more days next week? All right. So we're almost to summer break. And summer break is so amazing. But sometimes it can be a little sad. Because I don't know about you, but I loved my teachers. And to have to say goodbye to your teacher is sad because they loved you, they taught you, and they were with you all year as you grew. Did you know that we have teachers here at church? We have Sunday school teachers that teach us downstairs, and we have teachers up here. We have three of them. If we look over here, we have Pastor John. He's one of our teachers, and we have Pastor Ruth. And we have Pastor Steve. And they have loved us and taught us and cared for us for the last two years. And now we're saying goodbye. And you know what that made me think of? That made me think of crumble cookies. Again, I know. There's a lot that can be brought with crumble cookies. So if you remember, crumble makes Huge cookies. Huge, huge cookies. I know. But they don't mean for you to eat it all by yourself. Because they also make a cookie cutter. And how many pieces, if you look at this cookie cutter, will it cut this cookie into? Four. So let's cut it into four pieces. Okay. And now... We haven't done it in a while. We did it in the fall. So now there's four pieces of cookies. So if we look, we have three teachers that are here at church that have loved us and taught us this year, the last two years. But then we have one piece left over. Who do you think is this last piece? Who? It is us. Because everything that Pastor Mark, Pastor... John, Pastor Ruth, and Pastor Steve have done for us. They've done this so that we can now go and be this piece of cookie. And we can show love and love for God and love for others with all that they have shown us. So after service, when you go out into the atrium, guess what's going to be there for the treat? Crumble cookies. And I want every one of us to take one crumble cookie to know that what Ruth and Steve and Jonathan have given us is meant for us to now take out into the world. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, we are so thankful for teachers, our teachers in our school, our teachers in our Sunday school, and our teachers here in church. Thank you for the blessing that they have been to us all this time. And may we turn all the blessings they have done for us into blessings for others. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, choir, I'm going to have you stand up, and I'm going to dismiss the choir first. And now 
Will you friends stand up? We are going to go with Mrs. Coster, if you are four or five years old, to Bible Beginnings. And if you are a first, second, third, or fourth grader, you're going to go with Mrs. Wiener to Bible Alive. We have three meetings, readings this morning, and I hope my voice lasts. <clears throat> uh, the first reading is from Joel, a prophet from the Old Testament. The next two are from Acts. Um, the page numbers are in your bulletin if you would like to read along with your pew Bible. Reading from Joel, chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in these days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. The second reading is from Acts. Chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The last reading is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. The word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Holy God, Holy Christ, and Holy Spirit, we gather this Pentecost morning to celebrate. We celebrate your presence among us, in us, and through us. May we be open to growing in our love and knowledge of you. And may this spur us on to be a different kind of people in the world, transformed by your spirit to bring peace, joy, love, and justice to a broken world. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So many years ago, I traveled to Norway with my mother and my daughter to visit a long-lost relative. We happened to schedule our trip around Memorial Weekend. But unbeknownst to us, we were coinciding with a holiday weekend in Norway, too. Pentecost. So Norway is, in many regards, a very secular country. So I found this detail very intriguing. In fact, many countries celebrate the Monday after Pentecost as a national holiday. Austria, the Bahamas, Greece, Romania, Ivory Coast, Switzerland, just to name a few. What are these countries commemorating? Well, Pentecost, we know, is a celebration of the gift of the Holy Spirit on all people, this unleashing of the power of God on humans. In Acts chapter 2, this manifests in the people speaking in all languages. There are tongues of fire and a loud wind and all kinds of mayhem as the Spirit of God descends on humanity. This is radical. Do we think that all citizens of countries that celebrate this holiday actually know what Pentecost is? This begs the question, do we? What might be the implication if we do understand this historic, spiritual, incredible event? Well, Pastor Steve, who's hiding behind me, have been preaching the series titled Parting Words these last several weeks. We've been studying the final words that Jesus spoke to his followers before his ascension into heaven. What are these words and what significance might they have for us? What was going on then that we need to take note of now? In the first passage from Acts that we read this morning, Jesus promises in his parting words that the disciples will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And actually earlier in the book of John, chapter 20, Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And the passage this morning from the book of Joel has the Old Testament prophet promising that God's spirit will be poured out on all flesh. Wait a minute. Don't we already have the spirit of God in us at the point of creation? Aren't we all image bearers of God? Don't we all carry this divine spark right in our cells? Yeah, we do. The spirit of God is that inward bond between God and image bearers that God created. We all have this capacity and this connection, and it's a huge part of being created by a loving God and God's image. So why do we need Pentecost? Well, throughout the Old Testament, the Spirit is mentioned as hovering over creation. The presence or Spirit of God dwells among God's people, the Israelites. Sometimes it takes the form of clouds or pillars of fire. Most of the time it resides in the temple. Yet, there are these exceptional people, prophets and other total weirdos in the Old Testament who speak for God. They call out for something other than what is current reality. They must have some kind of, like, spirit intel. Plus, there's this covenant God makes, this promise that something big is going to go down. Hang on, it's coming. So where's the Holy Spirit? 
The prophet Joel is one of those voices who speaks to this. He envisions a time when the Spirit will be readily available to every believer. Joel is forecasting a time in the future, a promise that God has made to God's people. The prediction of this outpouring of the Spirit rests on Joel's knowledge of the nature of God's relation to God's kingdom. He sees this divine plan and connection. Joel says it's coming, but he has no idea when. His prophecy is entirely without reference to time as we think of it. Joel doesn't tell the Israelites, you know, next week, Tuesday at 3, or in 50 years on the fourth Friday, the Spirit will be poured out, but when? Well, what do we know about God and time? Does God wear a watch? Does God check a phone every few minutes to see what time it is? Is God ever early or late? God holds time, but God is not bound by it. God exists in a realm outside of time as we know it. But time and timing are two different things, aren't they? God is not bound by time, but God has incredible timing. Perhaps you can look over your life and think of examples when God's timing was way more perfect than yours. Throughout the Bible, this idea of timing is everywhere because God's timing is impeccable. In the Old Testament, the prophets speak with the voice of God, yet their sense of when God will move is somewhat unknown. God often feels far removed, so he uses covenant and law to bind God's people to God's self. Again, where is the spirit? Is it simply laying dormant? In the New Testament, with the arrival of Christ, God changes God's relation to the world by entering it. Now the spirit and presence of God are among us. The spirit of Christ now resides with humanity. God's impeccable timing is on display. There is this widening of the presence of God. It is now enfleshed and time-bound. Or is it? When Jesus breathes the Spirit on the disciples, do you think they have any idea what is about to happen? If we had read further into Acts chapter 2, we would note that at Pentecost, Peter quotes, from the, quotes the passage from Joel chapter 2. And the Jews present would have known that prophecy. They would have been very familiar with that account. But now this prophecy has new relevance. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. For Peter's Jewish audience, I will pour out would be a logical reference to rain. This pouring signifies abundance, not scarcity. This will not be a stingy spirit, a parceled out one, one that we get in tiny drips. Oh, no. This spirit will be enormous, generous, and will flow over and through you. And this spirit will be poured upon all flesh. The spirit will not discriminate. It will do away with the limitations of sex and age and rank. For the Jews present at Pentecost, this idea that the spirit of God is for the multitudes would have been mind-blowing. Everyone? Everyone has access to the spirit? Time 
and timing. In Acts 2.16, Peter is saying, this is that. What Joel is talking about is happening now. So back to these parting words of Jesus. In Acts 1, he says, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Not only is the Spirit of the living God going to be poured out on you, but it's going to baptize you. Well, here at Mayflower, we believe that baptism with water is the sacrament of admission and adoption into Christianity. We baptize babies, children, adults, anyone who desires this sacrament for themselves or for their offspring. But here, baptisms are very gentle. They're administered very gently, Jonathan and Steve. We hold the baby in a little, little bit of water, not too much. It's very gentle. Well, when I was eight years old, I told my parents I wanted to be baptized. I grew up in a tradition that did not gently sprinkle, but practiced full immersion. Babies were dedicated to the Lord, but once a person was of accountable age, baptism was a full-body experience. Anybody experienced a full-body immersion? Anyone? A couple of us? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. So as a third grader, I met with a pastor and told him that I believed that Christ died for my sins and that I wanted to publicly proclaim him as my Lord and Savior. On a Sunday night, I waded into the glorified bathtub at the front of the church and was dunked three times. At age 30, my husband also felt compelled to publicly identify as a Jesus follower, and he, on a Sunday afternoon, was baptized by immersion in a lake just outside of town. A Mayflower member told me several months ago how she was baptized as an infant but decided to do it again in Israel. She stood by the shores of the Jordan River and was so compelled by the reality that Jesus was baptized there that she decided to follow suit. She wanted to publicly identify with Jesus as a follower. There are many ways to baptism by water. This is an important piece of our identity as people of God, people of the way, people who want to be known and connected to the larger body of Christ. There's so much about our being that's connected to water baptism. But what about Jesus' words about baptism with the Holy Spirit? Could this kind of baptism be moving us from being to doing? The baptism with the Holy Spirit is connected to power, an unleashing of power. This morning's theme could be summarized, parting words, Pentecost, and power. Now that you know who you are, your identity in Christ, your being, what are you going to do with this knowledge and identity. In the stunning words of Minister Steve Garnis Holmes, he writes, The Holy Spirit is the living energy of God, which is love in us. When we love, that's God doing God's thing. Jesus was both human and divine, so are we. We speak of the disciples receiving the Spirit at Pentecost, but they already had it. They were born with it. Joel says the Spirit is poured out on all flesh. And just to make sure, Jesus has breathed on them in John 20. But Pentecost is the moment when the spark 
catches fire and they burn with it, overcoming their fear and grief. Acting in the power of the Holy Spirit isn't some ecstatic experience, but simply being a vessel for love. It's not our love, our effort, but God's. We let the Spirit, God's love in us, do its thing. That's what enables us to do things that seem beyond our capacity or expectations. But Pentecost is the moment when the spark catches fire and they burn with it. We burn with it, overcoming fear and grief. When Peter quotes Joel in Acts 2, he actually restates Joel's intro of then afterward with the words, in the last days. Are we in the last days? Again, God's time is not our time. God's timing is something else entirely. Surely we can say that we are in times of trials and days of tribulation in a broken and scary world. We have fear and grief. We share deep questions about our viability as a species, our planet's future, our ability to establish some kind of peace in this violent world. In the midst of all this, God pours out. God pours out spiritual power, passion, and kingdom purpose. We have spiritual power rooted in God's love. The question is, are we burning with it? This is the invitation. Heal the world, share the good news, be a different kind of people, those who love recklessly. Parting words, Pentecost power, and God's timing. This morning I'm preaching about Pentecost and the power of the love of God. I'm also offering my personal parting words in accordance with God's timing. My parting words to Mayflower can be summed up with these two words. Thank you. This August will mark five years since I took a walk with my friend Lynn Barger Elliott. I had left my previous position at a global nonprofit organization, and I was wondering if academia was going to be my next career move. I asked her if we could walk and chat about her experience teaching at Calvin. Later that afternoon, she called and asked if I would come to the church. Lynn and Mark surprised me by offering me a position at Mayflower as an interim outreach coordinator. Ah, Just 10 hours a week, they said. Just a temporary side gig. (laughs) Since that summer day, I've been given such a beautiful gift. You. Mayflower has welcomed me, challenged me, and helped me grow in my gifts. You ordained me in 2019 and have affirmed my leadership through unparalleled seasons. This church has survived a pandemic, a pastoral search, and you have come out stronger for it. We have added new members, raised funds for two new building projects, and have forged ahead with great vision for the future. I am very, very proud of you. And I am enormously grateful that I have been able to be a part of all of these beautiful things. Now, you get to keep going. Now, you get to use your power to bring the light and joy of the Holy Spirit to this community and beyond. You get to use your Holy Spirit power for good in the world upholding justice and righteousness as you walk humbly with God. 
what might be about to be unleashed in God's incredible timing in your midst? I can't wait to find out. Are you ready? I think so. In the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Pentecostal Spirit, amen. We have so much to be thankful for this morning as we look back upon this last year. The ties that have been given of talents, treasures, and time have led us to be a congregation that has fulfilled the saying, blessed to be a blessing. As we look back and as we look ahead, may we continue to be who God has called us to be in all the ways that he leads us.
Please be seated. Friends, we come to this table on Pentecost, not because we must, but because we are invited. We come to this table not because it's Mayflower's table, but because it is the table of Christ. We come to this table because we are invited and infused with the Spirit. The Spirit that was there at our birth, the Spirit that was there at creation when God said, It is good. We come to this table to celebrate life and to celebrate resurrection. So, children of God, male or female, Gentile or Jew, young or old, come from the north and come from the south, come from the east and come from the west, come to the table of Christ, come to the feast, for all is ready as we raise our voices in the unending hymn of glory. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus gathered the disciples around the Passover table, and he took the bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat it as a remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup, and he said, this is the new covenant I am pouring out my blood. When you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. We proclaim this mystery of faith. Let us pray. God of the cross, God of resurrection, God of Pentecost, take our hearts and set them on fire. Take our lives and transform them. Take our church and renew it with the joy of your life-giving spirit. And as we move now to your table, may our hearts come seeking love and our bodies hunger for life. For the bread of life and the cup of salvation we receive with joy and thanks 
we sing. Ministering to you in the name of Christ, we offer the bread and the cup. The ushers will come forward and release you by rows to come and receive the elements. If you prefer to stay seated, that is fine. If you would like the elements brought to you, just motion to an usher.
Let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught. Our Father, And now may you, Mayflower, be baptized by the Holy Spirit. 
May you unleash the power of the Spirit to be all that God will have you to be. May you seek transformation in the Spirit personally, corporately, in the community, and in the world. May this unleashing lead you into the most precious and powerful days of your life. With enormous gratitude and confidence, we all say, Amen. For those of you who are staying for the annual meeting, please be seated. If you need to scoot out now, you are welcome to, but do not eat all the crumble cookies. (laughs) I welcome Susan Jones back as our moderator. I'll give everyone a moment to get settled. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. We're going to do everything that is on the list of what we're going to do today, but not necessarily in that order, okay? (laughs) So just uh, bear with me. Um, As my time as your moderator ends, I find us amid many changes here at Mayflower Church. It is my prayer that these will be positive and exhilarating opportunities for the life of our church. I also offer a prayer of thanks for the extraordinary pastors and lay people who have seen us through a challenging time as we search for our new senior pastor and work through COVID. Even with COVID doing its best to interfere with our best laid plans over the last two years, our staff and lay leaders have accomplished so much in service to our Vision 2022 strategic plan. First, of course, our search committee has brought us Dr. Sean Bowalski, who will join us in August. Very exciting. Our stewardship chair, Barbara Holman, did a thorough and very successful job bringing in pledge commitments to keep the Mayflower ship cruising ahead. Our visionary and diligent fundraisers, committees, and donors have made what was a mere dream last September into two incredible updates, now well underway at Mayflower our updated parlor, and our new AV system. And when I say it was a dream, when we had our first council meeting late last summer, this was just absolutely a vision. And in this amount of time, less than nine months, these projects are fully funded. And to our fundraisers and to all of you who have made this possible, I am so grateful. What's more, we saw some much-needed housekeeping for Mayflower's smooth operation, an excellent new employee handbook, and Pastor Ruth was instrumental in that, a contemporary update to the church bylaws, thank you to the bylaws committee, and the creation of uh, committee responsibility job descriptions, a task that was spearheaded by Sue Stoddard. Two years ago, we were incredibly blessed that Pastor Jonathan White stepped up as our interim senior pastor. As you all know, John did an inspiring job of keeping our ship in a strong and steady course. We owe him so much. Thank you, John. At the same time, Pastor Ruth Bell Olson honored us by stepping into the role of interim associate pastor. And then again, when Dr. White retired, retired 
for the second time. He retired from Grand Valley. Oh, the okay, the sixth time. It just doesn't stick with you. I don't know. <laughs> I have to ask Steve the same question. What number? Uh, well, anyway, when he retired for the sixth time, Ruth looked me in the eye and said, I will not leave you in the lurch. That is a direct quote. And I can't tell you how relieved I was when she said that. What a gift to us. And as you know, she has done way more than that. True to her word, she's taken a kind and decisive leadership role, preaching beautifully and winning the love and loyalty of our staff as interim co-pastor. Then this time last year, Dr. White introduced us to Pastor Steve Armfield. Another boundless blessing to us and our church. Pastor Steve's caring manner and marvelous preaching have helped ensure that the good ship Mayflower remains steady and strong. In my visits to our church's Tuesday staff meetings, I've been impressed over and over by the team atmosphere and can-do attitude of these wonderful people. Their support has been integral to our church's smooth sailing over the past two years. Our council members have been a source of strength for me, for my predecessor Jim Rogers, and my successor David Baker. They care, they show up, and they share their expertise, and they pray for the health of our church. Scores of volunteers have continued to support our church over the past two years, and to see their accomplishments just look at the bulletin that you have with all of the incredible committee reports. Even when COVID made this difficult, they persevered and found ways to make things work. And so many of you have provided ongoing funding for our church's operations, outreach, and special projects. At this time, I would like to invite Steve Armfield to say a few words about his ministry at Mayflower. Thank you, Susan, and I need to be short. Um, I would say I am going to have opportunity to be with you through the month of June on staff, and then uh, I will be around after that as well. So uh, I don't know how appropriate it is for me to, to speak at this moment, but I'm taking this opportunity. Um, I just want to say a, a word that has always been impressed upon me now since I first came across it a number of years ago was the word of Max Dupree, uh, chairman of the board of Herman Miller and national leader, author of many books, who said the first task of a leader is to define reality. And I think that that is true to me as having 10 months, which is far different than the length of time of Jonathan and Ruth and leader far shorter than their time in leadership here. Um, but for from the very beginning, as I um, kind of defined Mayflower in my mind, you are a wonderful people. You are the definition of grace. And I am so grateful that Jonathan opened up the opportunity for me to come here. And you, with open arms, uh, you include you include everyone, even someone old and discarded like myself. I will always treasure the memory of your reordaining me to ministry. I thank you for that and will to my dying day. 
This church is also defined by an outstanding staff. And that is such a tribute to Ruth. She has held staff together. But they are a marvelous team. And what Susan said about the camaraderie and uh, just the team aspect of our staff meetings, it just permeated all through the week. I have never, I've been around a while, uh, I don't think I've ever been around a staff as uh, skilled and as gracious and as hardworking as the staff of Mayflower. So Dupree said the first task is to define reality. That is the reality of Mayflower to me. He said the last thing is to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for the opportunity to be interim co-pastor here. Thank you. Steve and I and Ruth have had many lunches at Rose's, (laughs) and I know that Steve and Janet love Rose's. So um, it occurred to me that as a small parting gift for him that our congregation should give Steve uh, a gift card for Gilmore Group and including Rose's. So many chicken salads for your future. Okay. See you there. And again, as we know today, it's all about transition. Pastor Ruth has so many interests, skills, and community connections that we must free her to pursue after her two years of incredible and intensive service at Mayflower. So, Steve, so Ruth, would you please come forward? I have a little something for you as well. I need to stay up here so, I, so you can hear me. <laughs> So Ruth, okay, this is theoretical. Theoretically, Ruth works 30 hours a week. Now, do you think she works 30 hours a week? I don't think she even counts, okay? She needs a little bit of a getaway, a retreat, something that's just for her. So on behalf of Mayflower Church, Ruth, this is an honorarium for you to do something that is enriching to you. So we will miss Ruth and Steve being here all the time, but we have asked them, as well as Pastor John, to be available to Pastor Sean as preachers and liturgists as he may need. You'll be seeing them. So now, um, Paul McMahon, are you here? There he is. Okay. I would like to invite Paul to come forward with a brief financial report for us, and I appreciate his doing so as treasurer. Good morning. I definitely didn't want to follow that. <laughs> it has been my pleasure to serve as Mayflower's treasurer for the last several years. Uh, this morning, I'd like to provide a very brief financial update and also provide some forward-looking comments for the congregation. 
As you may recall, we started the year with a budget deficit of nearly $150,000. This was due to a decline in pledges and increasing expenses. I'm happy to report that through April, we remain well ahead of the budget due to pledges and the receipt of federal tax credits for our retention of employees through the pandemic. This, along with strong expense controls, should allow Mayflower to significantly reduce, if not eliminate, the budget deficit by the end of the year. This year, we also completed our three-year capital campaign for the Curry Roof Garden Project. I'm happy to report that we have maintained a positive surplus from the campaign after paying all of our expenses. In addition, as Susan alluded to in her comments, the church has moved forward with renovations of our parlor and our audiovisual systems, both of which will be fully funded by donations. All of this is great news for Mayflower as we await the arrival of our new pastor. However, I believe it is prudent to point out that both 2021 and 22 financial performance have been significantly aided by government programs and lower expenses. Moving forward with the church fully reopened, we should expect operating expenses will increase as the year continues. In addition, the government programs the church leadership really had the foresight, not myself, Susan and others, to apply for will no longer be available. Thus, moving forward, the church will need to find ways to increase pledges or will be forced to make some adjustments to the services offered by the church. As I've set up here many times before, I've always been impressed by the willingness of membership to step up and support the needs of the church, and I have faith that will continue in 2022 and beyond. Thank you, and I'll make myself available afterwards if anyone has any questions. Thanks, Susan. Thank you, Paul. And I just want to say that Dale DeHaan, who is with us today, is the individual that encouraged us to apply for these government programs. And all told, this will be probably a quarter of a million dollars from federal funds to our church. And Dale is the one that really set the stage for us to do that. So thank you, Dale. Could I have a motion to approve the financial report that Paul just gave us? Thank you. Second? Thank you. Any discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you. So before I turn the mic over to my successor, David Baker, let me just say thank you for entrusting me with the role of moderator over the past year. It's been a challenging yet rewarding experience, and I have deeply appreciated this opportunity to serve. Um, I need to ask for a motion to approve my moderator's remarks. May I have a motion? Thank you. Second? Discussion? (laughs) All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Good. Okay. (laughs) So now I am delighted to introduce my successor as the 2022-23 moderator of Mayflower Congregational Church. And David Baker will be presenting our nominating report. And also um, he will be succeeded with, uh, after David is done, Pastor Ruth will have some final uh, prayers and remarks for us. Uh, David has been a caring and detail-oriented chair of our personnel committee a dedicated council member, and the key subject expert in bringing our new AV system to fruition. 
He's also been an usher for several years, so I know many of you know him in that role as well. I have appreciated his support and counsel over the past year, and I look forward to his leadership in the year to come. I invite you to join me in welcoming him to the lectern. Thank you, Susan. Nice hat, by the way. I love that hat. It's great. More hats. Yes, right. Uh, just uh, um, some comments from the nominating committee. Now, the nominating committee is tasked with discovering uh, new talent in the Mayflower community and asking them to share their skills and their insights. It begins meeting after the Christmas season and reviews uh, committee appointments uh, looking to fill these important positions. Uh, take a look at the committees. It's a full page. If you can take a look at that, we need to vote on this anyway, so this is really important. Um, but you can see there are many tasks that keep Mayflower running. It's not just run by the pastors, you know, which have done a marvelous job. Uh, it's run by the community, and that's one of the things that I think are so impressive about Mayflower. Um, so if you see something, a committee on there, that you feel you have a talent for or, or ha have uh, some insights that you could lend to, think about reaching to uh, reaching out to one of the committee me members and, uh, and volunteering for this coming season, not this, this coming year, but the, uh, the year following this one, and see uh, how you can help. If you feel this uh, calling, connect with one of us and offer to serve. It's a great way to know, uh, get to know people at Mayflower and also to have some fun. A lot of people make this place work, and uh, I've, it's been an honor this year to uh, serve Mayflower the Mayflower Congregation. I was invited by Pastor Mark. He called me up one May day and said, David, would you care to be on the moderator track? I'm thinking, me? Okay, we'll, we'll go for this. Let's do this. You know, and uh, what I've learned in this uh, last two, three years of serving, getting to this place, that's really an honor and it's a privilege to be invited to serve this congregation. And as I've learned the system, and Mayflower is a system, and work with the people who serve the church in both volunteer and professional tasks, a number of things have really stand out, really stand out. First is the passion of our congregants. You serve because you love our community. You contribute in both your time and resources humbly and with zeal. Second is the variety of talents seen in the spectrum of skills you serve with. This talent is not only seen in musical, in design, in oratory skills, but exhibited in managerial, educational, financial, and legal arenas. It humbles me to work with such amazing and generous people. Thirdly and most importantly, it is the love you have for God as seen through his creation. His Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean that so sincerely. I really, as you can tell. Every day I walk through these doors, I can feel the presence of God as demonstrated through those who serve him. Now, I'm excited about this new chapter in Mayflower. The exhaustive work that the search committee made discovering the next pastor was well worth the time. With God's grace, we will continue to manage COVID, bringing the community back together and allowing it to grow. We will add new members who are looking to deepen their journey with God. We will serve families as they introduce their children to our living God. We will continue to connect our members with new media, no matter where they are in this world. 
Finally, I invite you to participate where you can, whatever talent and resources you may have, by being involved with Mayflower Community. You will enrich your own life and those around you with the spirit of the living God. Thank you. Okay, we've got to do some business here. A little business. Uh, we need to have an election of this leadership. So please take a moment to review the page of uh, leaders in the bulletin. Is there a motion to accept this team? So moved. Is there a second? second. Is there any discussion? Well, let's, let's vote. Uh, is there, uh, I would like to make a move that we accept this uh, list of uh, committee members and leaders. Is there a second? Is there, is there a motion? Okay, a second? Okay, so uh, uh, all in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right, I like that. Okay, so thank you very much. Uh, uh, um, before I ask um, Pastor Ruth to come up and uh, give us a closing prayer, please uh, join us in the atrium next door after this. Ruth? Thank you, David. This is an extremely bittersweet day for me. It's been an honor and a privilege, truly, to serve here. So let us pray together. Oh, holy Lord, what a holy day, what a holy time, what a holy group that is gathered in your house at this moment. And I pray for your blessing to fall on these people On this community of believers gathered together, may your blessing just be showered on them. And may this next chapter be the best one yet. May your spirit come alive and may Mayflower continue to flourish as the church on the hill, the light in this community and beyond. We love you, Lord. We praise you for all you have done and all you will do. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.